Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Hey, I'm glad to be back. I've been away for a few weeks. We had one week off as a family, and then I was preaching in Sydney. So last week I, I preached six times, and praise God, saw 12 people give their lives to Christ, another 15 or 20 get filled with the Holy Spirit and get healed, and we just had a really cool time investing in uh, a whole lot of youth on a, on a youth camp. You don't know how old you feel until you're 43 and you go to a youth camp and uh, it's minus two they put you on a single bed with a, a real thin single doona and uh, my prayer life went through the roof Jesus rapture me now <laughs> help me Lord help me but it's uh, you know we just had a cool time and one of the best moments on camp was a young kid I didn't know he was a street kid they brought him on the camp and he was living on the streets and uh, he was he was 12 he's a real real young guy and I didn't know he wasn't part of church and part of youth. So I'm saying, all right, who wants to pray for someone? And they said, Jack does. I said, great, Jack, come out here. And he's kind of saucer eyes and he walks out the front and he's looking at me going, what the heck is going on? And uh, he had asked Christ into his life the night before. I wasn't on that first night's meeting, but he came. I said, Jake, we're going to pray for people. And he's like, okay, okay. I said, and then we're going to prophesy. And he's like, he doesn't even know what the word means. I'm like, God's going to speak to you and you're going to speak to them. And then this girl came forward and I said, what do you feel like God is saying about, you know, Ruby? And he just started speaking and he just started to, she started to cry. So he got saved the night before and the night after he's prophesying. God, God will use anybody. This, this young girl's crying and this hasn't been staged because I didn't even know Jack wasn't part of youth. And I said, now Jack, what we're going to do is we're going to pray for her to release the Holy Spirit and just believe that whatever Ruby needs, she's going to get. So I said, all right, Ruby, why don't you walk forward? And Ruby started walking forward and the power of God just hit the room and Jack didn't even get to lay hands on her. She didn't get within three feet and the power of God hit her and she went out under the power of God. Now Jack's really freaking out. He's sitting here going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what the heck's going on? Can I go and sit down now? What's the, what's the, but it was just a nice moment of seeing God do what he does. And it really spoke to me about, you know, that scripture, it's let the little children come. And you've got to have faith like a child. And when we've got faith like a child, God can do things in our world because we're not reasoning through how this may happen or why it wouldn't happen or I've been prayed for before and haven't seen it, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, I want to encourage you in our month of miracles, open yourself up. If you're thinking, I don't know if God is a miracle worker. He is. I don't know if God could. He can. Just open yourself up to God. Whatever you want to do in my life, I'm open to you doing it. Amen? Fantastic. Yesterday, I, I got to speak to the Scripture, uh, Southeast Queensland Scripture Union, which was absolutely fantastic. And I just got to, I got to speak faith into them. The quieter they got, the louder I got. And I just went for it and uh, had a whole lot of fun. And uh, I just want to encourage you, before we get started this morning, Greg French has been a mentor in my world for 30 plus years. He is a phenomenal man. He pastors, pastors within our movement. He travels around all the, all the time. And, and I wanted to get him through to speak into the life of our church at the stage we're at. And I believe he'll bring a prophetic message that will unlock things for the days ahead. So I want to encourage you, bring people along. He's a great man. He's, he's a big man. And uh, it's going to be awesome. Amen. Fantastic. All right, so I've got a screen. Miracles. Have we got another screen? What's the other one? I like that one. What's the next one? Priorities and perspective. Priorities and perspective. Everything in life is a matter of perspective. How I view a situation and how you view a situation will be two very different things, and as a result, will act 
differently according to the way we see or perceive the situation or the, 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 that I find myself in. There's a storm, the, the disciples are freaking out, they think they're going to die, they think they're going to get shipwrecked, and Jesus is asleep. It's a matter of perspective. He knew what was going to happen, he wasn't worried about what was happening, they were freaking out, they didn't, there was, it was a matter of perspective. And have you ever had a moment in life where for whatever reason, you lost perspective? I have, I, I do all the time. You know, you, you wake up, the sun's up, this is going to be a flipping awesome day. This is going to be unbelievable. The greatest day of my life. It's going to be awesome. I can't believe it's going to be amazing. And you're driving along to, to get a cup of salvation, I, I mean coffee, and, and you're just cruising along, and life's good. This, I don't think there could be a better day. I don't think I'll ever have a better day. And then as you're cruising along, somebody cuts you off, or flips you the bird, or jumps on their horn, or does something. And in a moment, it went from being the greatest day ever in the history of my life in 43 years to, are you kidding me? This means war. It's on now. It's done. This is the worst day of my life. Are you, this is the, the worst thing that could have... What's happened? You've lost perspective. I'll get louder. I really will. I'll just... I'll just, I'll just... The difference between the grouchy me and the faith-filled me or the emotionally stable me or unstable me is perspective. What I perceive is happening in the moment to me, around me, through me, or for me. And the, I guess the question is, what is perspective? In our lives, what is perspective? Perspective is, is the ability to put things in their proper place. Things in our lives need to be put in the proper place. And I don't know about you, but there's times where there's things going on around me and again to me and, and that are outside of my control that become so big in my perception that they try and take a hold of my emotions. And I can't perceive correct, correctly or I'm not perceiving correctly what's going on or what's presenting itself. The Bible tells me that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. But I'm freaking out because this wasn't part of the plan. And I didn't think this was part of the journey. And I didn't, I didn't know that the road was leading me in this direction. Now I'm, I'm on a tangent. You know, it's like it's going, I've got this stuff going on and there's things happening. It's like, God, where are you? Do you know God's always with you? In the midst of everything you face, everything you go through, every struggle, every challenge, every trial, God is with you. He hasn't gone anywhere. But my perception at times blocks me from being able to see, hear, or even feel God in my life perception so I want to share a few thoughts and some scriptures around this is that all right I've got the microphone so I'm going to anyway but I, I thought it'd be nice if I asked you know someone once said that perception uh, perspective is remembering that there is a God and that you're not him that's that's not a bad thought God is real he's here there is a God and you're not him you're not the Messiah of your life you're not the Messiah in your family you're not the Messiah to your work colleagues. There is a God. The government is on his shoulder. He carries that weight. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He welcomes everyone to come. If you're weary and heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. You're not the Messiah. <sighs> breathe easy. You can breathe easy knowing that you don't have to solve every problem in life. Right, this, this is going to help somebody in a minute. How do we gain or regain perspective if we've lost it? 
And like I said, we all lose perspective. At times there's, you know, the gas bill that comes through is the biggest, the baddest, the worst thing in the world. Well, no, not really. You're going to pay it. You're going to move on. You're going to get on with life. And then something else is going to happen. It's not, you know what I mean? Anyway. I'm going to have to take my jacket off in a minute, Ken. Just, just go for it. But anyway. <laughs> Luke 5, starting in verse 17, it says this. If you've got your Bible, Luke 5, 17. It says, now it happened on a certain day as was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who came out from every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. He is a healer. He does perform miracles. That's who he is. That's who our God is. If there's a question in your mind, he is a healer. I, I, I love miracles. I, I travel all the time and I see miracles everywhere I go. All glory to God. He, he uses me as a vessel, but I see, I see people healed of migraines, of broken limbs, of, of cancer. I see people healed, and it's God moving through me. It's not me, but he is a healer. It says, Then behold, men brought on a bed, a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. When they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop, let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. That's awesome. Man, your sins are forgiven you. They'd brought him there for healing, and he told him his sins were forgiven. The scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say. I love that. Which is easier to say. What's easier to say or what's easier to declare? Your sins are forgiven you or to say rise up and walk? Where's the emphasis here? Where's Jesus placing the emphasis? Where's the the priority in Jesus' mind? The emphasis is on the forgiveness, not on the healing of paralysis. We've all got stuff going on in life. We've all got our prayer list. We've all got our list of needs and wants and desires that God, I'm, I'm just offering this up to you. I know you can. I've got this going on in my world. Jesus is saying, you're forgiven. The priority here is, you're forgiven. That's good, Christian. Thank you for telling me that. That's good. And I'll come back to that soon. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power and authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. So that you know I have the power and I have the authority to forgive sins, you're questioning on whether or not I do have that power and that authority. Just because you you want to know whether I do, I'm now going to heal the man. I know you brought the man here in faith for something. I did what was needed, not so much or, or, you know, more than what was wanted, but so that you know I have power and authority. I want to tell somebody here today, there is a power and authority available for you here today to enter into daily miracles if we will only open our eyes and see through the right perspective. Forgiveness was far more important to Jesus than the healing of the paralyzed man. That's unbelievable. I like that. You know, it goes on to say, immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been laying on and departed to his own house glorifying God. Listen to this. And they were all amazed and they all glorified God and were filled with fear saying, we've seen amazing things today. We've seen amazing things today. This is amazing. This is awesome. We've seen amazing things here today. If you want to talk about a perspective, look at verse 26. 
They were all amazed. They glorified God. They were filled with fear, seeing we've seen strange things today. I think this is going to help us. I wonder if we miss miracles right in front of us every day simply because we want to see signs and wonders. We want to see a lame man walk. We want to see limbs grow out. We want to see a sign. Jesus, give me a sign. And we, 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 we want this before we say, I've seen extraordinary, I've seen amazing, I've seen strange things here today. Can I suggest that if you've received Jesus Christ into your life, you've received the gift of salvation, you've received the forgiveness that can only come from heaven, that every single day you should be able to walk along going, I've seen amazing things today. I've said today, his mercies are new for me today. His mercies are new every morning. I stuffed up yesterday. It's a brand new day today. I've made mistakes in my past. They're forgiven, washed, cleaned. I'm separated from those things. I'm going to make mistakes in the past, but his mercies are new every morning. Can I, can I suggest to us, church, that sometimes we take for granted the very miracle that exists in our life on a daily basis, on a perpetual daily basis, simply because we're looking for something else that God wants to bring to us anyway, but isn't the priority of what he wants for us right now. You know, the reason there's a saying that life is a matter of perspective is because so often people lose perspective in life. I want a house, I can't afford the mortgage. I don't have a house, I don't have a mortgage. I don't have this, I don't have... I'm losing perspective because of what I desire, not realizing or recognizing what I already have in my life. You know, has anybody got a friend who's generally like the nicest, sweetest, most awesome person on the planet? And for some unknown reason, for some random reason, just loses it and, and loses perspective in a moment. I've got a friend and he's generous and he's caring and he's funny and he's, he's great to be around. Except when you get on a golf course. When you get on a golf course, everything changes. The second you put that key in the buggy and you, st- you know, where you're on the, the tee and you're about to hit that first ball, I, I don't know what it is. He loses his ability to count. He loses his ability to keep his cool. Everything is bigger, badder. As the ball went out, my God, the world's ending. I've seen, I've seen his clubs fly further than the ball. I've seen clubs up in trees. What happened? Lost perspective. This isn't life and death. This is a game of golf. And you know, at the end of the game, hey, dude, I'm so sorry. That wasn't Christ-like. That's not me. You know that's not me. Well, it's you every time we come onto the golf course. But anyway, perspective. Some of you might know that um, our son Noah, does everybody, or some people know Noah? He's, he's on a camp right now. He's away for a month. It's two and a half hours away in the bush, in the middle of Whoop Whoop. There's no technology. There's no, they cook their own meals on the fires that they prepared. They wash their own clothes, 15-year-old boy, <sighs> shivers. They, they camp out, they hike out. They, this is a big deal for Noah. This is a big deal for us, but it's a bigger deal for Noah. Uh, we drop him off at school last Monday. I flew back early. I changed all my plans, got new flights, got transfers through from Brisbane, got home at you know, one in the morning so I could help Melissa get Noah to school because I don't think he would have gone had he not. Um, we get him there. He's on the bus. I'm looking through the window. <laughs> Tears are rolling down his face. <laughs> I can't do this. Get me off the bus. I can't do this. I'm like, oh, shiver, so I'm freaking out. Melissa, you go and stand over there. I'm standing here. I said to the teacher, is there any way I can drive him to Gulga and let him go? No. Okay, can you get someone to go and sit with him? Whatever's going, you know. 
And on, on Monday, they, they arrive and they have to write a letter home. We're, we're asked to write them letters. They're asked to write us letters. And Melissa won't even show me the letter because apparently it's very, very descriptive. It's not addressed to me. It's only addressed to mum. And on the front of it, come and get me, mum. I, I can't do this. You need to come and get me. First day at camp. He's there for a month, first day at camp. And uh, so we've written his letters. He's written them letters. And his letter is, I'm, I'm, I didn't know he was such a wordsmith. Uh, it's descriptive, it's, it's deep, it's insightful. Um, Mum, you have to come and get me. I'm not comfortable here. Mum, you, you need to come and get me. Uh, I think I'm going to die. <laughs> Mum, you can't make me stay here. I don't know what's going on. You know, what's happened? He's lost perspective. <laughs> he's, he's written a letter that makes it sound like he's in a maximum security prison. He's not. He's on camp. Nobody, as far as I'm aware, has ever died from going to a camp where they love you, where they're looking after you. They're, they're, come on, man, slap out of it. Get reality. So I'm waiting to see the next letter, whether it's addressed to me or it's addressed to mum. We haven't picked him up, so I'm not too sure. Hello, mum. How do we regain perspective? Because it doesn't matter if you're on a golf course. It doesn't matter if you're driving your car to get your coffee. It doesn't matter if you're at camp. And, but you may have lost perspective. How do we regain or even gain perspective when it's not there? And we can't all take missions trips to go to the other side of the world or go and visit homeless to, to see how they do life, to realise how blessed we are. That's just not practical for everybody. But there are certain things that we can do to help us regain perspective when it's been blown out of proportion. And I love what Jesus is doing in this passage today with this paralysed man. Uh, He's looking for healing. His friends are looking for healing. They've lowered him down. But Jesus did something that most would either consider dismissive or out of touch with the reality of the situation. And I think about when he he met with Bartimaeus. What do you want? What do you think I want? I'm a blind man begging. You're Jesus. You're the Messiah. You're the healer. You're the God. You know, you you do the miracle. What do you think I want? And Jesus does something. So this man... Is let down. There's hundreds of people in a hall. This hall is jammed. Nobody else can fit in here. And these guys go, what, what do we do? We know Jesus can do something in the middle of the situation. What do we do? Oh, we'll just climb on the roof. We'll break this thing open. Let's just, just bust this thing wide open. Let's lower this guy down in the midst of everybody that's here. I, I know we're going to cop some flack. These guys are going to get upset. We're ruining their house, but we're going to do it anyway. And they, four unnamed friends lower their friend before Jesus. And what did Jesus do? You'll probably go, he healed him. And he did. Jesus is interested in your miracle. But first, he forgave him. They, they're like, Jesus, that's cool. That forgiveness thing, that's awesome. Thank you. That's really good. I love that. That's awesome. I need healing. You ever been in that situation? Jesus, thank you so much for your forgiveness. I need a car. I don't have a car. I can't get to work. My job's dependent on whether I've got the car. Jesus, I need the car. He did something that was counterintuitive to what was expected. And I wonder if we go through life expecting certain things and then getting upset or having our perception changed because what we thought was what we needed wasn't what God wanted to give us initially. He wanted to get it through us, but he wanted us to see. See, Jesus wanted everyone in that room to see that forgiveness was available for them. He wanted everybody in that room to experience forgiveness and salvation, and his presence, and his touch in their life, before he did. I I wonder how often we seek his hand before we seek his face. We're looking for, I I believe in, I'm the guy, 
in our movement, if, if, if they want somebody to have a, a miracle crusade, they, they generally call me. I ask people when I'm going somewhere, what you want, just pray for, pray, pray for people, pray for healing, pray for miracles. That's, that's what I do out of the context of our everyday life here. I believe, but there's something that's more important than the miracle. Jesus, the Bible says, came to seek and to save that which was lost. The, the greatest miracle in our lives daily is the realization, the understanding, the perception of the fact, I am forgiven. Whew. Every single, I don't know about, I made, I made some mistakes yesterday. I, I made mistakes last week. I made mistakes in, in the 42 years that I've been on this planet. I said 43 before, but it's not for a few weeks, so I'm going to go back to 42. What would his friends have been thinking? What would you be thinking if right now the roof got opened up? Let, let's put this in today's context. Christian, I'm critically ill. Christian, I need a miracle. Okay, let's pray. Lord God, thank you. You're forgiven. See you next week. See you next Sunday. You'll be like, you are out of touch with reality. You are, this, this is inappropriate. I, I came here for a reason. I came here for a purpose. Yeah, but you're forgiven. In your forgiveness, you have everything you need as the seed of your miracle because when I position myself in a place because what does forgiveness do when I'm when I enter into a place where I put my faith in God Romans tells me that because of my faith I'm made right I'm I'm made righteous in Christ not because of what I did not because of what I owe or earn or any other thing I'm made righteous in Christ by faith in him Jesus healed it so that everyone see he was, he was trying to get them to put their priority where their priority should be. He was trying to get them, if you have Jesus in your life, if you have Jesus in your marriage, if you have Jesus in your family, if you have, it doesn't matter what your bank account says. It doesn't matter what your doctor says. If you have Jesus Christ, if you have the forgiveness of the Lord in your life, you have everything that you need to live the abundant life. The devil comes only to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. I've come that you could live the abundant life and the abundant life isn't described or defined by your bank balance or, or by your income or by how you're going to retire. It's, it's the posturing and the positioning of your soul. Are you at peace or is there anxiety? Uh, are you filled with joy or is there always stress and pressure and anger and other things? I love what it says in Luke 19. I said this before, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. You know, I think we treat forgiveness, we, tr we, we treat the presence of God in our lives like the Israelites treated manna in the wilderness. And, and, and if you're not, uh, you know, up to, up to date with the story of what the manna was, for 40 years when Jesus brought his people out of slavery and bondage and out of Egypt, he provided for them supernatural food, which was called manna. And the way this worked was every day they'd get up. And it would just be laying on the ground. It was like this, this round, small, honeycomb piece of manna. Tasted sweet like honey and God provided. And the deal was you can have as much as you want every single day. You, every single day. But don't store up. Because if you store up, it'll get worms. But you can have as much as you want and as much as you need every single day. And tomorrow it'll be new. Tomorrow there'll be more provision for your life. What this is, this is a picture of Jesus. Because Jesus is given as our daily bread. He's given as what we need every day to sustain us and to bring life to us and to, to keep us uh, fed. He wants to feed you. 
He wants to provide for you. He wants to be with you, but it's, it's daily bread. And, and when we look through at John 6, we, we see that Jesus said that the manna was a picture of himself. Uh, and I think at times we, we treat the forgiveness of our lives. Here's the deal. It says that the wages of sin is death, eternal separation from God. I, I'm, I'm looking to get healed of my broken bone. I'm looking to get healed of my condition. I'm looking uh, for the provision of God to, to manifest in my immediate. But God's going, I'm more interested in you. The miracle is I've done for you what no other person can ever do. I've washed the stains from your soul. I've washed you clean. I've made you right. I've given you right standing before me so that for eternity you can stand in my presence in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give God a hand today. These guys took the manna for granted because the miracle became mundane. It was there every day. It was present every day. It was with it. They, they went to bed. They did nothing about it. They just left it sitting there. It, it evaporated, dried up, did whatever it did. The next morning, it was there anew. But they complained about the manna supernatural provision of God for their lives they began to complain about because what was new became old and God doesn't want us to walk through our relationship with he wants it to be anew every morning he wants the fire to be stoked he wants the passion to rise he wants us to be so in love with him so desiring him so focused on him that every single day it's I have seen amazing things today I am blown away. God is with me. God is for me. I'm forgiven. I'm sanctified. I'm set apart. My future is assured. I, I have eternal salvation because of the work of the cross. I am excited about this. Amen? And I, and, and I wonder how what we, get, we get worn out and burnt out and dried out, but he's still there. So whose issue is it or who, what's going on in this situation? It's that we've turned from him from looking face to face to just walking side by side. And I'm looking for his hand before I'm looking for his face. And he goes, I want to give you all these things. I want, I want to pour back into your life with such abundance and blessing, but I want you to seek me. And a, and, and a passion has to rise on the inside of each of us for seeking him. You see, Moses didn't give the manna. God gave the manna. Moses couldn't do this. This was supernatural. This was God in their midst doing what God does. You know, it says in John 6, 32, it says, Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. You're looking for a sign. You're looking for a handout. You're looking for the manna to be on. I am that for you today. I am what you need today. I am what you need for sustenance. I am what you need to get through what you're facing. The challenge. You, you, can, you can get to heaven sick, but you must be saved. You, you, you can get that, but you have to be in relationship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Here he's talking about our soul. He's not talking about filling you that you'll never hunger again. He's talking about the condition of your soul. Your soul can be so full because of the goodness of God and the forgiveness of God that it shifts your perspective in life. And everything that seems so bad and so big and so I can't get through this or I can't get over this, you go, you know what, this is easy because God is with me and he is for me. Amen? You know, I've got so much that I can say about this and I'm going to flag most of it. 
Is this helping anybody? I'm going to listen to the podcast because it's helping. I'm, I'm just preaching myself happy. We're all going through something at some time. Good, bad, ugly, and for some it's small and others it's big. For some it's like this little thing that doesn't mean a whole lot. For others it's, I, I, this is, I'm going to die. I'm at camp, I'm going to die. I've, I've lost perception. Is that why you stayed out long? Because you didn't want to hear the story? Oh, okay, no, it's all right. Can I suggest that the way to regain proper perspective in, in life can be found in Matthew 6, 33. I think we all know the story. We all know this passage of Scripture. But let me read it to you and help us gain perspective again today. It says, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. But seek first the kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Do you know what's dominating your perspective? All these things. The thing that steals our perspective is all these things. And think it through. What what is your current context or your current circumstance? What is the thing that brings anxiety or worry or fear or concern, guilt, shame, judgment? What is it that's being brought into? It's all these things. All these things I don't have. All these things... I do have all these things I've done, all these things that have been done to me. What, what's, what's stealing or, or shifting our perception in life? All these things. But God shows us what we can do to regain correct perspective. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all the... I, I don't know about that's That's good. All these things will be added unto you. Have you ever heard somebody say, man, I've got, I got so much going on? I, I got so much going on. There, there's stuff going on. There's just all these things. That every, I've got, what are we focused on? All these things. Yes, we got bills. Yes, we got to eat. Yes, we got to wear clothes. Yes, we got to do so. God created you. He knows what you need and when you need it. And here, paraphrase, Jesus is saying, I got that covered. Just seek me first. Seek my righteousness. Seek the kingdom. Seek what I can do. And I will add all these things unto you. Our relationship with all these things should be different to the world. Our desiring of things, our wanting of things, our coveting of things. The Bible says don't covet. Don't steal. Don't look on what another has. Look to me. Our relation, Jesus wants your relationship with him to be different to your relationship with all these things. It's getting quiet. He created you. He knows you need food. He's been providing for people all through eternity. It's in the book. Read it. It's there. It shows you God's provision, supernatural manner, 40 years coming down from heaven. Not one day missed in 40 years. God did it. He made a way. They didn't die because of lack of food. They had what they needed. But he's saying, let the priority of your life be me. Let me be number one. Seek me, look to me, and and watch what I will do. You know, okay, so what's the kingdom of God? Well, kingdom means king's domain. And in Romans 14, 17, we see the definition of the kingdom of God for us today. Romans 14, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not, you know, me in brackets, all these things. It's not, the kingdom of God isn't all these things. It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not eating, drinking, and wearing. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I love that. So, so, so our, our focus shouldn't be on, what am I going to eat? How am I going to pay the bills? How am I going to get to work? What are we going to do? My, my focus should be on all his righteousness which then produces peace and joy. Righteousness, right standing. I can stand right before God, not because of me, but because of Him. Because I choose to believe in every circumstance that I find myself in, good, bad, or ugly, that He is more than enough, that He is more than able. Ephesians 3.20, to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or to Him be the glory. When I, when I stand in faith and I give him the glory, God goes to work on my behalf to bring all these things into fruition because I have things prioritized correctly and I'm seeing clearly. As I said, his mercies are new every morning. Every single day you start afresh. It's, yesterday's been wiped clean. When you wake up before your fit, feet hit the ground, thank you, Lord, today's a brand new day. Thank you, Lord, there's brand new opportunities. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, I'm forgiven. Thank you. you. If we lived like that, we would see life differently. If we lived like that, we would get a clearer picture and understanding of the future that God has created for us that we're going to enter into because all things are working together for our good. And I, I don't know about you, I, you just walk through stuff, but you know, it's like, God, what the heck is going on? Why am I in pain? I'm the guy that prays for people who are in pain, then now not in pain. I said to that young kid, Jack, what's up, man? He goes, man, I get these it's just insane stomach cramps. I, it, everything cramps up. It's, it's debilitating. I, I double over in pain. I said, is it happening now? He said, yeah, right now I've just got this stabbing pain in my stomach. He goes, it can last for hours and it puts me in this weird headspace and then I'm not nice to people. And like, he's this young kid just being real honest. I said, in Jesus' name, be healed. That's all I did. And he goes, it's gone. And he's not making it up because he only got saved the day before. It's, it's not, that, oh, well, this will impress him. If I say it's not there, but it really is there, I'll just act like it's not. He, it wasn't that. He goes, it's gone. It's not there. And, and I'm like, God, but where are you right now? He goes, just walk with me and watch what I'll do. Walk with me and I'll show you what I'm going to produce in your life because of what you're walking. I know we face challenges. I know we face troubles and, and storms and painful things in life. That's... But that is life. Saved or unsaved, we're going, to, we're going to walk that through. But my challenge to you today is walk it through looking to Jesus. Walk it through in faith. Walk it through with your life grounded on the fact that you are forgiven. You are saved and your eternity is assured. You know, Jesus showed up in front of a paralyzed man and wanted to talk about forgiveness and righteousness. And the guy's like, you can't walk. He goes, I know, but he's forgiven. But, but, but he needs this. I know, but he needs this more. But he wants this. I know, but I want to give him this. And I don't know about you, but the ability to go and put your head on your pillow at night and sleep in peace without worries, concerns. What does it go on to say? It says, don't worry about all these things. Today has enough trouble of its own. They'll be there tomorrow. Just you get on with today, walking with me, seeking me, living with me. I'm gonna, I want to pray for some people this morning that you're so churned up, worried, torn up, stressed out that you just carry weights and pressures around. I want to pray that the miracle 
of forgiveness would become a reality in your world. That you would have the ability to perceive what God did when he said, it is finished. His last breath, his last statement whilst on earth, before he died, was, it is finished. And the question might be, well, what was finished? Fear. Shame. Guilt. Depression sickness it was he said it's finished devil your reign has finished i'm taking control right now uh, i i'm the one with the power and the authority so that you know that i can heal this man let me just forgive him first and then i'll rise him up healed that, that power like justin was saying, is available to each of us today the power of god because of a name not my name not your name not the psychologist not the bank manager not the employer not the because of the name, because of the name of Jesus that, that shines as the banner over our lives. Because of that name, there is a power, a supernatural, life-giving, you know, you know, heaven-shaking power that is available to each and every one of us this morning. It's the name of Jesus. Can I, can I perhaps get the, the team to come? Every single day, we should be able to say, like Luke 5, 26, we're amazed. We're praising God. We are filled with awe. We've seen amazing things today. What do you see, Christian? She's forgiven, and he's forgiven, and he's forgiven, and she's forgiven, and they're forgiven. That is an amazing thing when you understand that God cares for. What does it say? That it's God's will that none should perish, but all should come to eternal life. God's will for your life. Yes, you walk through some challenges. Yes, you walk through. God's will for your life is that the end of your days. You won't be focused on all these things. You'll be focused on all his glory. You'll be looking to him. What does it say in Hebrews 12? Since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us cast off every weight and every sin which so easily, easily entangles us and let us run the race set out before us looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Can I encourage you today? Look unto Jesus. You'll be a nicer person when you look unto Jesus. The most sour, the most grumpy, the most you know, bitter people on the planet are those that are concerned with all these things and they forgot to, forget to look to Jesus. When I look at Jesus, I'm more generous. When I look at Jesus, I'm more forgiving. When I look at Jesus, the funny thing is, when I look to Jesus, I start to reflect Jesus. The more I look him in the face, the more I start to reflect his nature in the earth. Can we stand to our feet? We just close our eyes and lift our hands. I know this is a pretty simple message this morning with a kind of one main point. My aim was to help us refocus and refine our perspective. God, right here, right now, is in the middle of your circumstance right where you find yourself. Some days we're, we're on the mountaintop, other days we're in the valley. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.